Welcome to ScrubCast, where we explore clinical, translational, and health services research from Stanford University's Department of Surgery through conversations with the authors. I'm your host, Rachel Baker. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Tom Handley, who is a Knight Hennessy Scholar and researcher with our S. Spire Center. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Rachel. Well, let's start with that title. What is a Knight Hennessy Scholar? So the Knight Hennessy Scholars are a community of graduate uh, scholars at Stanford University uh, from across the range of departments and disciplines that Stanford offers. So it's a kind of truly interdisciplinary uh, graduate fellowship at Stanford, which provides funding for tuition, but it also provides a community for scholars to learn from each other and develop ways of communicating their research, what they're motivated about to the wider community in the world. That's super nice. So does it come with a lifetime supply of cognac or your own suit of armor? (laughs) Unfortunately not. (laughs) Well, that is upsetting. Um, I looked on your website, uh, well, the Knight Hennessy Scholars website, and it says you will develop a deep domain experience. What is your domain? So I I came to Stanford to study health policy. So I think my domain would probably be in translating primary research that we do in health sciences and health services research into health policy. Um, So I'm actually at Stanford doing two different degrees. I'm doing the Master of Science in Health Policy and also the Master's in Public Policy, which is an MPP. And in my mind, they... (laughs) In my mind, they they sort of complement each other. One of them is more about primarily how to uncover new information through kind of data science and analysis. And the other is about Mm -hmm. how to translate that information into policy and and help get advances enacted. Nice. I mean, it's definitely something that we need, right? How did you end up hooked up with the Department of Surgery, though? So when I came to Stanford, I originally um, met with uh, Dr. Morris as one of the potential mentors because I was interested in surgery before before coming to Stanford. But Dr. Morris uh, works with the Aspire team, which help mm-hmm. do research in health services and uh, biostatistics and policy. And so I met Dr. Morris and she introduced me to the rest of the Aspire team. Um, and then I actually met a different member of the Department of Surgery who's helped mentor a lot of my research, Dr. Mark Melcher. Mm. I was introduced to him by uh, Al Roth, who's an economist. Ah, yes. Because um, Al Roth works in uh, kidney matching and kidney transplants and suggested that Dr. Melcher would be a good person for me to get in touch with. So Dr. Melcher has been a mentor for a lot of my research. Nice. So that kind of explains how you ended up as a first author on a letter published in JAMA Surgery looking at liver donation and hep C. Yeah, that's right. So how did you get interested in that topic of liver donation? Primarily, the, some of the things that motivated my research were trying to improve the number of people that can get access to transplant care. This project was part of my master's thesis. My master's thesis was trying to aim to increase the number of organs that we're able to provide, um, improve mm-hmm. the way that we currently deliver the care, and also to try and uh, predict in the future what changes might be coming towards transplant. This particular project was kind of the cent- the middle part of my thesis in trying to improve the way we're currently delivering care. So mm-hmm. I was looking at organs that we're maybe potentially not using for the wrong reasons, and we could be using them, and that could increase the supply of organs that patients could get access to, and that will enable more people to get access to transplant care. 
And is that what your uh, research found, that you can free up some more livers for people in need? Yeah, so our research looked at organs that were positive for hepatitis C and compared them against organs that weren't positive for hepatitis C and showed that after the introduction of some new medications in 2014, Mm -hmm. that we actually had very similar outcomes in terms of patients, whether they got a hepatitis C positive organ or if they got a hepatitis C negative organ, the outcomes were more or less the same. So after the introduction of these new medications in 2014, we looked at five-year mortality. It was almost the same. So our, our research was trying to motivate people to still continue to use these organs and not use hepatitis C as the only reason why you would discard an organ or, or not not use it for a patient. That's great. So are you planning, is the next step to, I don't know, how, do, how does this work with you turning this research into policy? Do you lobby politicians or something? Well, that's a really good question. I'm not sure I have the answer to that at the moment. <laughs> I think we're still building that uh, research basis. Mm-hmm. Um, the next step, uh, what I'm doing this year, for example, or at the moment is learning how to try and communicate research to politicians. Uh I'm actually working with uh, with another member of the Department of Surgery on a project at the moment where we're doing something completely different, (laughs) but is uh, about trying to find a way of delivering that information to a a non-science audience in a way that's digestible to them and that they can act on. I saw a statistic at the ACS Clinical Congress that less than 10% of Congress has a background in medicine, but Of course, 100% of them get to vote on matters of health policy. It really emphasized for me the need for physicians and surgeon scientists to translate their work into normal human speak. Actually, speaking of ACSCC, you presented there earlier this year. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Your paper was on the impact of COVID on emergency Medicaid programs? Yeah, that's correct. And then I saw another paper with your name on it from earlier this year while I was stalking you on chronic kidney disease. So is this all tying together into your health policy major? That's correct. I mean, they were the the project that I worked with that I presented at ACS at Clinical Congress was on uh, not necessarily related to my master thesis, but it's still part of research that I'm motivated to do, which is aiming to improve access for people to healthcare. Mm. So I have a few other projects which are in a similar vein. I'm all of my kind of underlying uh, motive is trying to improve people's ability to access healthcare, whether that's through uh, increasing the number of transplants that they can get access to, whether, whether that's increasing Medicaid or access to Medicaid for patients who don't have any insurance. Um, my, my work is primarily focused on trying to improve the number of people that can get access to care. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to touch on the elephant in the room here. You are British. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so why come and do a master's in health policy in the U.S.? So I finished my uh, medical degree in 2018, and I was working um, as a doctor in, in London. There were a lot of patients that I was seeing that had issues that I felt as a doctor I wasn't able to do anything about. Mm. And so I wanted to try and find a way of influencing the systems that were, that were affecting them. Uh, mm. And the way that I saw that was through policy. Um, and I was really motivated to come to the U.S. because I felt that the U.S. schools enabled you to get a broader cross-section of different disciplines um, than uh, re- like a more narrowed, tailored kind of degree that a lot of the UK schools tended to focus on. Mm-hmm. At Stanford, for example, I can take classes in computer science and I can take classes in 
in writing and communication, and I can take classes in economics and allocation of resources from across the different fields as I feel needs to kind of complement my skill set. And the, the issues that I'm really motivated by are, affect the US, they affect the UK, they affect kind of every health system in the world, like improving access to care isn't, isn't a uniquely US or a uniquely UK system. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come to Stanford and, and come to the US. So You can't see it, but I'm nodding my head emphatically. I imagine you're probably graduating this spring, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, yes. And what will you do from there? Where will you go? Are you planning to stay in the US? Are you heading home to England? What is the, what's the outlook? So I, I need to continue my clinical training. I'm by no means, <laughs> no means anywhere close to finishing. So I, oh, I, I see. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're still student doctor. Are you doing residency? What's the? How does that work over there? We have a slightly different postgraduate training pathway to the US, mm-hmm. but um, in both areas, whether I'd qualified in the US or qualified in the UK, I, I, there's still a. I need to do the core part of my my surgical training. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would like to have a career where I both clinically practice uh, surgery, uh-huh. and I also work to improve the systems that we're in. And so at the moment, I'm applying for residency programs in the US. So I would love to continue my clinical training here. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Good luck. I did want to go back to something you said about the Knight Hennessy Scholars. Yeah. You said they were a community, but how does that work if you're spread out across disciplines and across campus? The Knight Hennessy Scholars has a has a, a meeting place on campus, which is oh. Denning House, uh, right next to Lake Lagunita. They have um, a really nice that, tree, don't they? Yeah, they've got a they've got a statue outside that looks a bit like a tree. Yeah. That might be what you're thinking about, cool. but that serves as a meeting place. But mm-hmm. it also is a place where we have programming alongside our graduate programs. Oh, so, nice. part of the Knight Hennessy community is that we get public speaking skills, we get kind of leadership training, and um, it serves also as a place for more informal meetings. So I often go to Denning House to have lunch with a kind of a community of people that are studying completely different things. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that is a, a, a kind of a wonderful mixing pot for kind of cross-pollination between different departments and cultures. And the program selects students from across the world and across Stanford grad- graduate schools. So it is a really um, truly interdisciplinary program and it's, it's one of the main reasons why I wanted to come to Stanford. Awesome. That sounds like a really fun place to have lunch. Like you're, you know, feeding your stomach, but you're also feeding your brain at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And it also provides a, a really great um, opportunity to uh, learn from other disciplines. So, for example, at the moment, I'm working on a project with a political scientist um, who has a different background in data science than I do, mm-hmm. and so our skills are kind of complementing each other. Um, we're we're working on um, trying to expand access to transplant programs across the U.S. Nice. and her kind of coding skills will will kind of complement mine. So it's a it's a great opportunity to meet with other people that have different skills that you might not necessarily have had a chance to meet otherwise. Good, I'm glad you're making connections. I've really enjoyed working with the Aspire team. I feel like I, I haven't had a chance to kind of thank them enough. That I worked with them over the summer of my first year and. Part of that work was me learning more about how Stanford conducts research Mm. and also learning from uh, biostatisticians, economists, surgeons, doctors, and about how all the different skill sets can combine to push the research field forward. 
and it's an amazing place to learn. And I really enjoy the work in progress meetings as well. It's ah. great hearing what, what people are working on and trying to think about how we can all make each other's work better. Yes, the whips, they are so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoy them. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was really great talking to you and learning more about the programs. Well, thank you very much for having me, Rachel. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. And that brings us to the end of another episode. If you like Scrubcast, we hope you'll tell your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Scrubcast is a production of Stanford University's Department of Surgery. Today's episode was produced by Rachel Baker. The music is by Midnight Rounds. And our chair is Dr. Mary Hahn.